Hey, Anchor listeners, this is yours truly, Aja Pati Alicia, and I have something to say in spirit and in truth. It is about 4.56 p.m. on a Friday evening, so we are going into the time of Shabbat really soon, and I just felt prompted in my spirit to uh, encourage you listeners who feel, you know, you're pretty much good people. Uh, but you don't necessarily read the Bible. You know, you're you're good people, but, you know, you don't necessarily keep the Shabbat or the Sabbath or, um, you know, observe the laws of Yah given uh, to Moses. If you're one of those people that say, well, you know, I don't kill anybody and I don't steal from people and I'm pretty much a good person and you are not born again and you do not concern yourself with the things of Yah, Um, you're lost, unsaved, unrepented, but there is still hope. You can choose to wake up, choose to adhere to the laws given to his people, to us. You can choose right now to get involved and show the father that you love him by learning his word and then feeding his sheep. It is not too late if you're listening. Shalom. So you guys see that the title of this segment, right, is uh, about righteousness. Your righteousness versus, you know, what... Uh, the most high will consider to be righteous. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us, you know, we go to the extremes. Uh, We say like, you know, we think that we're righteous, you know, if we don't kill anyone or we don't cheat on our spouse or if we don't rob and steal, right? Okay, those are easy things, right? But what is, is, is the most high's definition of righteousness? Hmm? So let's first of all, let's look this word up, guys. Come on. Y'all going to do this Google search with me. Okay. Here's the definition of righteousness. The quality of being morally right or justifiable. Mm. Morally right or justifiable. So let's dig into that word a little bit. Justifiable. What does it mean when, when something is justifiable? Here's the definition of justifiable, able to be shown to be right or reasonable, defensible. Mm-hmm. Defensible. Um, so isn't there a scripture in the Bible that says the ones that he um, f- uh, that he called, he foreknew, and those that he foreknew, he justified, and those that he justified, he would glorify. So let's go into that scripture right there real quick, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, y'all. So come with me, okay? Okay, look, don't be, don't be, don't be judging me, y'all, all right? I knew it was Romans chapter 8. I just wasn't sure. Anyway, all right, so it's Romans chapter 8. Verse 29, can y'all get there with me? If not, just be patient with me as I get there myself. Romans 8, 29. Okay, first and foremost, let me ask you guys this quick question. 
Do y'all know who he was talking to? Who these letters were written to in the book of Romans? Hmm? Hmm. He was sending letters to Rome. Hmm. Okay. So we do understand that before um before Rome, we were just in Israel doing our own thing with our own ways, the ways of Yah, whose ways are not like man's ways, okay, for his ways are higher than our ways. Way back when somewhere, we knew what his ways were. We knew how to keep his laws and statutes, but the wickedness of our hearts led us astray, so we didn't always do so, right? So, um, anyway, so there were converts in Rome after we were captured and... It was just crazy after Yahusha was massacred. I couldn't even imagine what it was like. Like, sometimes I play it back in my mind like a movie, how it would have been. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I can't even imagine. But so anyway, um, so when we were captive and, and jailed, okay, for speaking the truth of Yahusha, Yahusha, Hamashiach, um, Yeshua, okay, um, when we were, you know, like I said, when we were captive, we were still speaking. We were still being bold. So there were people that were being converted. Hallelujah. They were really seriously, I think maybe, um, sincerely, um, some Romans had converted to the truth. Okay. Um, and they had began to learn our ways, which, uh, ended up being outlawed and we were no longer, um, awarded the privilege of practicing our faith the way Yahusha said, I mean, I'm sorry, the way Yahuwah, the most high God, uh, had intended for us to do. So anyway, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going off somewhere else here. All right. So we're going to be reading from Romans chapter eight, um, verse 29. And it says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Who is his son? The one that came in his name, Yahshua, Yahushua, Hamashiach. Either way you say it. Okay, so let me just real fast, okay? So you guys know that I am 110% opposed to the name Jesus. That was uh, a Roman given name use guys and I will not um I don't believe in the whole transliteration thing okay so if his name was transliterated in any types of ways it would go from like Yeshua to Yahushu to Yahushua to Yahuwah Shai those ways could be um okay translated you know different tribes different tongues and things of that nature but you don't just completely give his whole name a new spelling and say yeah but this is still the one you're talking about that's just like you know I go to another country or whatever okay and you guys know the name my mother gave me is A-J-A Okay, that's only valid because by the time I was born, the letter J was now being used. But in the time that Yahusha was born, there wasn't even no letter J. So y'all not going to play my brother out like that. His name is not Jesus. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Okay, but so anyway, we were all predestined 
right? To be turned um, into the image of him, right? So it says right here that it says whom he called in verse 30, those he also justified. How are we justified? How are we defended? By Yahusha. When the accuser comes against us for not doing things the way we're supposed to, when he goes to the most high and says, look at your wayward children, look at them not honoring the Shabbat because they don't even know when the real Shabbat is. Okay. We have Yahusha right there. Like, yeah, me and the father know this father, you know, they mixed up down there. You know, they had, you know, we allowed blindness to come over them because of the wickedness of their hearts. And because your word shall not come unto you void. And you told their ancestors, you told their forefathers what would happen. Okay. So bottom line is he's up there advocating for us. He's up there. He's already justified us. He's already advocated. It is already done. We are already seated in heavenly places, but we still have to play this thing out here in this earth realm. Okay, so and then it says to whom he justified, he also glorified. So let me just tell you this. On my best day, my righteousness is crap. What makes my righteousness shine like gold is Yahusha. He is my righteousness. He obeyed everything that the father would have had him to do. Okay, above and beyond. Okay, and because he traded his life for mine, I am his righteousness. My faith in him justifies me, makes me righteous, and will glorify me in due season. Hallelujah. So again, guys, if you have your own... um image of righteousness before you and you say, yeah, I'm a righteous man because I don't do this and I don't do that. Let me just tell you right now, if you don't follow the way, the truth and the life, if you don't have a relationship with the most high, if you are not, um, set on learning his ways, finding his ways, his truth and his statutes and actually trying to walk them out, that you are just self-righteous and self-righteousness doesn't get you to the father, his righteousness, righteousness through Yahusha. Okay. You guys get into Romans, get into the book of Romans because you'll get some more understanding. All right. I want y'all to know right now, y'all girl is, I'm not even going to say I'm not perfect because sometimes I could be so ratchet that that's not even a, 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 a part of my vocabulary. You understand? But I am working on my salvation with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. The things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. And the things that I do that I do not want to do, I know that those two will be things of the past one day. Hallelujah. So I want to share with y'all, okay, um, Romans chapter 7. Because this rings out to me a lot because, you know, especially, you know, when I mess up and I think I've shared this with you guys before, when I mess up, I'm so hard on myself because I know where I want to go with this thing. You know what I'm saying? I know what the father expects of me partially. All right. I'm learning more and more uh, as the days go on. Um, the more I wash myself in the word, I'm learning what is that good and acceptable thing that the father wills for my life. Right. But it is a journey. It is a struggle. It is a process. All right, guys. So when I beat myself up because I done messed up, said something out of turn or even thought something out of turn. Um, it's, it's verses like this that help. 
and encouraged me so much because, you know, Rob Shaul, uh, the Christians know him as Apostle Paul. Man, I'm, you know, he was very real and very transparent. And I can imagine that even his grief was even beyond what we see um, in the scriptures that he was able to share with us. All right. But he just kept it all the way real. So here we go. Cha uh, Romans chapter seven. Or don't you know, brothers, for I speak to men who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man for as long as he lives. So right here when he say that he's speaking to them that know the law, he's not speaking to converts. He's not speaking to those outside of the house of Israel. We just happen to be in Rome. Okay. Says, for the woman that has a husband is bound by law to her husband while her husband lives. But if the husband dies, she is discharged from the law of the husband. So then, if while the husband lives, she is joined to another man, she would be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brothers, you also were made dead to the law through the body of Messiah, that you would be joined to another. I'm sorry, that you would be joined to another, to him who raised him from the dead. So you see this here, it, it gives us, the picture of a marriage covenant that we now have with the father through Messiah. That you would be joined to another, to him who raised him from the dead, that we might produce fruit to Yah. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions. Now, this is the part, guys. This is the part, um, you know, that, that really ministers to me. All right. Starting at verse five, we are being ministered to. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions, which were through the law, worked in our members to bring out fruit to death. But now we have been discharged from the law, having died to that which we were held so that we serve in newness of spirit, not in oldness of letter. Does this by any means mean that we are not accountable for keeping these laws? No, it does not mean that. Okay. Hear what I'm saying. All right. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. However, I wouldn't have known sin except through the law. For I wouldn't have known coveting unless the law said you should not covet. But sin, finding occasion through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of coveting. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was alive apart, I was alive from the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment, which was for life, this I found to be for death. For sin, finding the occasion through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. 
Therefore, the law indeed is holy and the commandment holy, righteous and good. Did then that which is good become death to me? May it never be. But sin, that it might be shown to be sin, was producing death in me through that which is good. Guys, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to pay some bills, but I'm going to come back. We are reading um, Romans chapter 7, and we're going to pick back up at verse 13. Man, I'm really going somewhere with this. I had no idea. Okay, I came up here to give you guys a bonus segment. But all right, anyway, I'll be right back. Okay, guys, and before I conclude this uh, segment, I'm going to share with you the verse in the Bible where it is uh, recorded that Yahusha had this conversation, okay, with um, Simon Peter, Simon Hefer, uh son of Jonah, okay? So he says, so when they had eaten their breakfast, Yeshua said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And mind you guys, this was after the resurrection, okay? After the resurrection, but before the ascension. So this was after um, the Holy Spirit brought Yahusha's body back to life, all right? And this was before he went to go reign with our father in the third heaven. So he said to him, yes, master. You know that I have affection for you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, master, you know that I have affection for you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, Son of Jonah, do you have affection for me? Peter was grieved because he asked him the third time, Do you have affection for me? He said to him, Master, you know everything. You know that I have affection for you. Yeshua said to him, Feed my sheep. Hallelujah. So eat up. I hope this food was good. It is your business. Our Father's business should always be a priority. <laughs>